This year's budget proposal is focused and disciplined. And because of the responsible actions we took in the last few years, paying off state debt and treating federal pandemic relief as one-time revenue, we are not facing the budgetary challenges that other big states are this year. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker delivered his sixth State of the State and budget address this week, outlining his goals and expectations for the coming fiscal year. We're talking all about it this week with Capital News Illinois Editor-in-Chief Jerry Nowicki. I'm Jennifer Fuller, and this is Capital Cast. People are well aware that there was a budget this week, but the details of that are much more complicated. Is it what you expected it to be, and, and what are some of the highlights? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things is that compared to the November plan that was widely quoted by me and others in the press corps, uh, there's about $1.4 billion in more revenues in this plan than what we saw in the November estimates. And part of that is, you know, there's about $500 million um, from this uh, cap on corporate net operating losses that wasn't captured in that November plan because it was set to expire in the fiscal year, but just by simply extending that, keeping it on the books, that's $500 million in revenue in a what uh, would have been an operating deficit that's erased just by one proposal there. So one of the other things is that retailers, because they administer the state's sales tax, they get a 1.7 per five percent tax credit so the governor proposes capping that at one thousand dollars per month which has angered the illinois retail merchants association Uh, they're going to fight hard against that that's another hundred million dollars in revenue and then you see um, the sports betting tax which when that was put in place uh, the it was a 15 percent tax that uh, was all meant to go to infrastructure that funds the things like these states uh, the new crime lab you're seeing in Joliet the vertical infrastructure was funded by that so what this would do is it increased that tax to 35 percent the first 15 percent would continue to go to infrastructure whereas the 20 percent would uh, go straight to the general revenue fund and provides somewhere around $200 million. So a lot of that, you know, $900 million deficit we quoted is is a kind of uh, just erased right there with those three proposals. Of course, this comes down to Illinois lawmakers going along with the governor's proposal. How much of this do you think they're going to say, yes, this is good, we'll just go ahead and include this? Oh, there are always some last-minute changes. Not even last-minute. There are changes that will be negotiated over the next three months. Uh, Lawmakers will want more spending in certain areas. I think um, maybe homelessness prevention gets a $50 million increase, but uh, groups like the Legislative Black Caucus are saying, you know, we need to do more in those areas. So their concerns will will certainly be heard. and then there are other things. Uh, there's a health care program for non-citizens, which on its face is receiving $110 million less in the governor's proposed budget than it did in the previous fiscal year. Uh, but uh, that's at least in general revenues. The governor's also identified $189 million in federal and other revenues that could supplement that spending and keep it probably close to level, maybe a little bit less. Uh, You know, we don't know what the end of the current year is going to look like for total expenditures on that program. So um, 
will we see adjustments there on legislators' whims? You know, we don't know. That's the type of thing we watch as, as things progress. Republicans, in reaction to the budget address, were saying things like, we told you last year that one-time expenditures in new programs would lead to tax increases for the people of Illinois, and they're in some cases saying, look, this is what's happening. How accurate is that claim? Yeah, these are objectively, you know, increases to taxes. It's not like the income tax is being raised or anything like that, but I mean, you're generating more tax revenue by changing tax policy. So, I mean, any way you slice that, people's uh, tax liabilities will be higher, but the thing is, you know, compared to last year, especially with this corporate change, it won't be different than last year. And matter of fact, uh, losses, you can claim more losses up to $500,000 now, but it's just that it's not expiring. So sort of like, you know, it's a tax increase based on what law would have been without this proposal, but it's also not going up from last year, you know, if that makes sense. Still not as much wiggle room though, uh, as compared to years past when the projections were that there would be plenty of money, they could start new programs, they could move things into different areas. This one will be a little bit tighter. Based on the revenue estimate as it stands now, what we saw in the previous years was that it was throughout the year where revenue estimates just kept going up and up. So could we see that happen this year? You know, the stocks boom, whatever happens, corporate income tax grows, people are buying more things, you know, it it, it could work out that way. But one of the interesting things I saw from the Department of Revenue's uh, estimates was that during the pandemic, um, the people of Illinois were spending far less on services, which are not taxed in Illinois, because they were at home buying things online and buying goods, so those are taxed. So that trend line is moving back towards more on services now, which is having an effect on the uh, sales tax rate. So just sort of those interesting macro trends that you can't really ever predict, but have the effect of changing revenues month by month. month. And you start having these smaller conversations where people are talking about, are there services that could see a tax? Maybe not this year, but maybe that's something that they're looking at down the road. I think in 2019, the governor, as part of his... um, capital infrastructure plan had floated services taxes but they were widely widely panned and have not been revived since then so I don't think we'd see that this year. One other thing that gets a lot of headlines that was included in this message and I think some people perhaps were a little bit surprised by it was another restructuring of the way that pensions can be paid for uh, and a move from a 90% funding assumption to a 100% fully funded model. It extends the payout by another three years to 2048. Does this make a dent? Does this do what the governor is, is hoping it will do? So the Fitch Ratings Agency, one of the big three bond rating agencies, issued a statement that says, you know, if this passes as the governor proposed it, it could be credit positive. I mean, and that's one of the things the governor hangs his hat on is that he, Illinois has gotten nine credit upgrades um, in his uh, tenure between the three agencies. So 
long story short is like when the state retires certain general obligations bonds they're paying off in I think 2030 and 2033 that would backload more payments that money would be shifted over to pension to sort of pay down um, the remaining debt on that and the governor says by extending it three years and putting it at 100% and then adding that new dedicated revenue source you're going to a smooth out the fluctuation of payments over the years b please the bond rating agencies by giving that hundred percent number that they want and c just sort of making sure um, that when 2048 comes you are reaching that goal is there any concern do you think you know that this is not to use a cliche but kicking the can down the road a lot of people talked about when the edgar administration worked with lawmakers to do the pension ramp that's in place now. At the time, they said, oh, this is good, this will be great. And then when the balloon payments became due, it was a crisis. Does the same thing appear to be a part of this plan? Well, so what we saw so far are bullet points. And as I think Fitch Ratings pointed out in their statement was that, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to what's on paper when it gets to lawmakers in bill form. So to answer that question, I don't think we have the full information yet. Give us a few more months, right? Uh Sure. So people always take a look at a budget address and they say, okay, but how does this impact me personally? Was there anything in there that you really thought, oh my, this is going to be a dramatic change for people in their day-to-day lives? Oh, day-to-day lives. So the one thing for the Illinois taxpayer, um, you know, not the corporate taxpayer, but just the, you know, the the working families is there's this thing called a standard exemption. I think WBEZ in Chicago reported about 11 million Illinoisans take it. And last year, it was one of those, you know, I said earlier, there'd be last minute changes and negotiations. Well, it was one of those things that sort of showed up in one of the last minute revenue proposals the standard exemption was not it, it was in law it increases with inflation in each year but what it did last year for the current year we are living in now it capped that it did not increase with inflation and so um, fast forward it was slated to increase to above $2,700 in the uh, up in the tax year 2024, but now the governor's proposed to cap it at 2550, recoup just one year of the inflation adjustment instead of two. Long story short, it's about a $93 million revenue positive thing as far as state budgeting goes, which you could factor that in as a $93 million tax increase per se for the uh, Illinois taxpayer. It, it's not a huge amount of money on tax liability, but you know, it's it's your tax bill would be a little bit higher, you know, hypothetically when you compare the twenty five fifty to the twenty seven hundred number that it would have been otherwise. Sure, but you're not talking about close to two hundred dollars in someone's pocket. It's part of the calculation in the tax return. Exactly. Right. Right. 
So let's look a little bit at the at the analysis and the reaction to it. We talked a little about what the Republicans had to say, and you've mentioned that the Black Caucus is looking for more support in terms of housing and other social supports. What else is out there that was an immediate reaction that you think is going to need some attention as this starts its legislative process? Well, one thing we should note is he proposed getting rid of the 1% sales tax on grocery items. Now, this isn't everything you buy at the grocery store. It's just a certain thing. Illinois has some crazy rules on it, like, oh, I don't know, certain candy bars are groceries, certain are not. So the retailers, well, let's back up. So the, the state imposes that tax, but basically all of the revenue from it goes to local governments. So you're not affecting what Pritzker can spend money on by getting rid of this tax, but it is a popular thing to say, you know, you're getting rid of this tax. But now you have the Illinois Municipal League, who's already um, for years complained that they're only getting roughly 6 to 7% of income tax receipts for their local government fund when it was put in law as as uh, that they get 10% of that. So they're saying here's another whatever it is, $325 million cut for municipalities. And the governor's office just responded that, you know, Illinois law gives them the authority to propose such a tax at the municipal level if they feel like they need to tax their residents at that 1% amount. So Long story short, there's going to be some political fighting between municipalities and the state on that one. What about the actual negotiation of this? Republicans are hoping that they'll get a larger voice or a seat at the table. Um, there are still super majorities for Democrats in both the House and the Senate. Will the Republicans be able to come to the table and, and have their voices heard? They'll be in negotiations to what extent it's hard to tell. This is an election year. Um, last year was not, and last year was the first year in which Senate Minority Leader John Curran and House Minority Leader Tony McCombie were in their respective positions. So Curran, it looked like his caucus might put some votes on the budget, but ultimately they didn't because it had funding for non-citizen health care. It didn't contain about $75 million in funding for a tax credit program for donors to private school scholarships. So ultimately, Republicans said, no, we can't support it. And already they're being a little bit more political in the blue room, having press conferences about their opposition to this budget, uh, even before it was a proposed. So I find it probably the realities make it a little bit less likely that you're going to see bipartisan budget this year. Because the only one that even had any GOP votes was in Pritzker's first year in 2019. And since then, it's been all uh, partisan. And, and Democrats have super majorities and really don't need Republicans if they don't want them on budget. Uh, take of that what you will, but that's the reality. So taking things back then to kind of a what happens next, this always happens. The budget is proposed, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about it, and then they don't talk about the specific negotiations until closer to deadline, which will be in May. What's coming next? We have the primary next month, so not a lot of huge legislation I would expect in the next several weeks. Yeah, I think what we'll see probably, you know, not too much before the primary on March 19th, but what, what I always kind of 
get an interest in watching is the appropriations hearing because then you you have the agencies going up and outlining the money they're asking for and you can see how receptive lawmakers are to those proposals and you you get a good idea of where certain lawmakers stand where the caucuses might stand as to how uh, in favor they are of increasing expenditure A or decreasing B or whatever else. Sure. Lots of wheeling and dealing still yet to be done. We will continue to keep people updated on that. Jerry, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Jerry Nowicki is the editor-in-chief of Capital News Illinois, a nonprofit, nonpartisan news service covering Illinois government. Major funding is provided by the Illinois Press Foundation and the Robert R. McCormick Foundation. Additional support comes from the Illinois Broadcasters Foundation and the Southern Illinois Editorial Association.